This is the Dice Tower Network at Dicetowernetwork.com. This is Marty and Tony, and this is Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and we are coming to you as a sequence of zeros and ones coming across the interwebs. Tonight, we are doing episode number 38, which is, I have no idea because we had to totally change how this episode was going to be done at the last second. As this was going to be an episode where we were going to have a couple special guests. However, due to some personal issues, we had to postpone those guests to a future episode. Thus, Tony and I were scrambling to come up with something to talk about. And I think we've come up with something pretty good. However, I have no clue what this episode is called. And Tony always comes up with a wonderful name. So, episode 38 is called Hero. What song is Hero? All right. So, first off, it, it ties into a recent movie that was just released, number two. It goes all the way back to the original Spider-Man that had Hero in it. Really? Yes. Uh, and sung by, I'll screw up his last name, but it was by one of your favorite bands, but by the lead singer, Chad Kruger from Nickelback. I know how much you love Nickelback. Oh, really? Nobody likes Nickelback. Do you know there's a whole big Facebook group about how much it's like, uh, I hate Nickelback or something like that. It has millions of people that like that. Yeah, and I understand that. But the, the reason why, well, first off, you know, this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about the hype around Marvel Dice Masters. So I was looking around. I'm like, okay, well, what, what could I call this show? And I remember Hero from not the Spider-Man movie, but from a YouTube video that I watched that celebrated City of Heroes, where the guy took a character and animated it to the song using the City of, City of Heroes, one of my all-time and probably the most played MMORPG of my time with my greatest character ever, Sunburst, and his lasers that shot out of his eyes. With and he the had ugliest ugliest costume I think I've ever seen. Oh, I don't know. Our friend Cecil's character had a spinal tap. Oh, Lord. No, 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 no. It wasn't spinal wasn't tap. It, spinal? it was, uh, it was, uh, that oh, would shoot the thorns shoot. out of it. Spine. Some, anyway, I can't think anyway. of it. Do you, do you have a picture of your, uh, costume hero? If so, you ought to put it on oh, the I blog. Will. I will. I'll put sunburst out there. And anyway, and you'll see how ugly, or was it sun poison? Sun poison. That was it. Sun poison. You don't so even know the name of your own dude. What was the name of yours? Okay, moving right along. So in, Rayotap. 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 So anyway, but they, the guy uh, took all this time, and you know, you've been editing our uh, videos for our PSA, which our next one's coming out soon, we hope, um, and how much time it just took. And he did it to that song with the um, uh, City of Heroes behind it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, that game shut down, what, two years ago? But man. Yeah. So you think you put more hours into that game than you did Guild Wars? Um, let me, I put probably more continuous time into city of heroes and sittings. 
I, yeah, Guild Wars was probably, I had more time, but there was one time when, you know, how you would have to earn your ability to restructure your powers and you had to go do this one mission. Uh-huh. I started at 9 p.m. and we finished at 5 a.m. Wow. That was back in the days when we could stay up late and not bother us the next day. Exactly. And, oh, man, that, and we did, and you had to go into the, um, nuclear reactor and try to stop the guys and all this stuff. And it wasn't, and that game was so brutal, but I loved it so much. I finally made it to level 32 where you got your awesome power and that was it. I was done. And then two years later, the game quit and that's a good darn thing or no, not two years, but whatever. It was just unreal. And see, what was something about that game is one thing I had an issue with is look how many hours you put into it and you never maxed out a character. No. Leveling was brutal in that game. Yeah, because if you died, it gave you negative XP. Yeah, that the death penalty was really, really bad on that game. It was it was that and the reuse of maps over and over again, the warehouse, the sewers and whatnot that I kind of got tired of. But I have fond memories of that game. So anyway, so you pulled Hero from that video. Now you have to include a link to it so in the blog post so I can see what it is. Oh, I, I'll, I don't know if it's still out there, but yeah, I will definitely. Oh, well, nothing dies on the internet. Nothing leaves the, yeah, nothing leaves the tubes. So anyway, so yes, yeah, so uh, Hero, uh, the guest that we were going to have on, we hope to schedule for the uh, next episode. And we were really excited about that. So we just pulled a couple things from uh, some future show notes to put into this one. And I think it's really hard to avoid the the big topic at this time. And I'm sorry, Tony, what are you doing over there? I'm looking at him in Google Hangout. He's moving all over the place. I uh, forgot to hook up my um, power supply. So we could have been stopping this recording very soon had I not gone ahead and gotten the power plugged into the computer. And we could have started over this incredible intro. And you would have never been able to come up with that, whatever you did at the beginning. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, uh, so... The big hype right now is the new game from uh, WizKids, Marvel Dice Masters, and everyone is talking about it. Tony and I, if you've watched or followed us on Twitter, have not gotten starters yet. Uh, we both had pre-ordered, uh, but we were part of the unfortunate group that got delayed. I guess we did not order early enough, so... We are still looking for starters, still waiting for starters. Uh, yesterday, we did get a booster box that we split, and we've opened those up and started looking at those. Uh, WizKids has released a, a print-and-play of their starter set where you can print out the cards, and they tell you how to use some uh, D6s to use them as the, the basic dice that are used in that. So we're talking about maybe getting together next week and try it out if we don't have our starter sets yet. So we're not going to be able to talk about the game, how it plays or anything. Um, once we get it and we play it, we plan to do a five minute initiative on it and talk about it some more. But I think I just want to talk about the hype that's behind this game. Now you and I have been following the gaming industry for a few years now, pretty heavily. Have you ever seen a game with this much hype since we've been really, really into the, the gaming scene, probably what the past decade, um, to my knowledge, I mean, you know, there was always the hype around the board game Robinson last year after it came out, you know, everybody talked about it, but not like this pre-sale pre-order craze that we saw going on. And I want to go back to your, if you don't mind one second to that starter thing. So sure we could, so I was going to print that out today and I'm looking at it 
and it doesn't include all the cards that come in the starter. It's just oh. it's just the base um, action cards. Okay. Unless I downloaded the wrong one, but I don't think I did because I went straight off of the WizKids page. You know, I'm like, hey, here it is. So I downloaded it. And I was opening it up. And I'm like, what the heck? And it was just the action. Um, the basic action ba- cards? Basic action cards. There, w- there wasn't the other cards. So, no characters? Right. So you've got to go out. They're saying, hey, well, the booster's out there. So you could go out and field an army and go ahead and play without any oh, problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, throw your commons in there. You can go ahead and play. So you don't really need... So don't... I'm, I'm sure people are smarter. Way smarter. A lot of people are smarter than me. But anyway, saying, you know, I'll, I opened that up. I was expecting to at least see the base starter action characters in there just to, you know, kind of help you learn the game or get you interested. Mm-hmm. It's not there. So even if you download that, you can, you'll probably still need to, unless they've updated since I downloaded it and I'll take a look at it. You may still need to get some boosters, which are available in certain areas. Yes. Well, we got ours online. Yes, we did. You and I have been on a quest for a week, this eight is my days. Quest. <laughs> <laughs> to targets so yes. we uh both of us go by <laughs> several different targets um on the way and from work literally uh i get a text from tony every night okay this one didn't have it this one didn't have it i'll text back this one didn't have it this one didn't have it we're talking to target employees trying to figure out when the trucks come we're trying to determine a routine that's going on at these stores nothing and we keep seeing on the um on social media media and in uh, BGG that, hey, went to Target, found some boosters, even if it's not the starters. I've seen, we've seen nothing here in Charlotte. Yeah, what's the hate going on here, Target? Unless the guy who stocks the collectible aisle at Target <laughs> has put them on eBay where they were selling for 75 freaking dollars, man. The starter? A starter. I sent you that link. Did you not see that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, it's uh. <sighs> Yeah, here's the thing. Everybody who has this game saying it's a good game, but it's not worth spending that much money on. They have, they're on their third reprint. And if I understand correctly from what I read, I think the second reprint is being air freighted over so they can get them into the distribution channels a lot quicker. Probably because WizKids has it on eBay selling them for about $100 and they can air freight them over. (laughs) Well, that's not uh, WizKids getting those. Oh, who's who's that's a, that's the secondary market. Somebody's bought those and put them on eBay. So WizKids not getting that money. I, I'm just joking. Of course they're not. Oh. You don't know that, man. Well, I just didn't want people to think that WizKids was doing something crazy like that. It's a conspiracy, dude. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> they knew it. They saw that. And not only was there positive hype about this, but you've we've all seen the negative hype, which is it's a collectible. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. So you're absolutely right. There has been a lot of hype over the game. Um, Like I said, I have never seen so many people talk about this game uh, over any other game that's been released. I mean, there's, like you said, there've been popular games that kind of come and go. And I would assume, don't you think that part of the reason why is because of the short supply? If this one, it was in everybody's hands, do you think people would still be raving about it or is it because it's so hard to find? I think they'd still be raving about it. I think they would still be, and it would, you know, create such a a demand. I, I think the demand would be there. It, it is, it is neat. It's, it's interesting. So that, so I'm sorry, I totally took us on a tangent. You talk about the collectible aspect. Yeah. Yes, a lot of people are dogging the game um, for the collectible aspect. I totally get that, and I assume that most people who are dogging it on the collectible aspect 
are those who have played a collectible game in the past like you and I have. Right. Now, uh, on our, when we had the episode where we talked about two-player games, we went through all these games that we've played two-player, most of them collectible, and you and I got burned bad many times, which is why we fell in love with the LCG format that Fantasy Flight has, mm-hmm. like they use for Netrunner. Right. So I, I totally get that. And I have avoided every other collectible game since we basically backed out. Um, I can't remember the last collectible game that we did. Well, it'd be magic. We we um, dabbled. Well, we kind of dabbled in we, that. We, didn't we put we? our big toe in the pond on magic, and when they really very very I was very late in the game. This is just several years ago. We tried it. What was the series we tried? It was something with the magic and planeswalker. That was mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, Walker Walker Texas Ranger. You know, planeswalker. And right uh, when it was coming out with the uh, multiplayer format and and that. Yeah. So we, we haven't touched collectibles in a while, and both you and I have kind of swore them off. But then this game comes out, and and to me, it's like, you know what the thing is for me? It's the 99-cent price point of the booster. Mm-hmm. That That's hard to argue against. When you're talking about a pack of booster cards that we used to buy for World of Warcraft or Magic, you're talking four bucks a pack. Right, and here I can walk into Target and drop a couple dollars and get you know a couple dice, you know, four dice, and you know four cards, and it's so it's so cheap to get into it. And I think a lot of people who have avoided collectible games like we have are kind of dipping their toe back into this because it is so cheap to get into. Yeah, I I agree with you. And what was it? something about uh, we were discussing? So let me understand this. You and I, if you go if uh, to the online stores, you can get pick them up at Cool Mint. Uh, cool stuff Inc. Uh, miniature market and with the one where we picked up our um, gravity feed box at uh, Potomac uh, distribution you know I was sitting there thinking okay I could spend $45 on a game or I can get a whole box of these boosters you know so mm-hmm. so it's right there in line I'm already you've I've already spent $40 of my allowance on a board game and I'll, it's, I'll get just as much you know enjoyment and I must say, we, we, uh, Tony and I have a, like, you usually try to have a weekly meeting, uh, weekly meeting. I guess it is a meeting. Yeah. We talk about the show, uh, planning, and then we throw in a game of Netrunner, uh, during lunch. So, uh, we met yesterday. Tony pulled the gravity box out and we basically sat outside at the car and we each got, uh, 30 packs a piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was a giddy little schoolboy last night opening those booster packs. Oh, you're, oh, that's so cute. Uh, really? Well, didn't you get you didn't get a kick out the whole what's it going to be sort of deal when you open it? I used to love opening you know baseball cards, uh, uh, collectible packs. Like what's in this one? Okay, yeah, fine, yeah, you caught me there because I was like, oh, please let me get the super mega rare, please, please, please. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> we'll talk about our distribution stats in a second, but I'll go ahead and spoiler: we got no super rares. Yes, our luck continues, dude. We are on fire. <laughs> And we'll talk about that. So, so here's how I opened my boosters, okay? I have not seen any cards. I have not seen any dice. Nobody I know around here has them for me to look at. So what I would do is I would open a booster pack and slide the dice out and look at the symbols and try to figure out who the hero was or villain that went with those dice, mm-hmm. then pull the cards out. Some of them I had no clue. Some of the uh, logos or uh, yeah, images on the dice, I just couldn't put with who it was going to be the one. And, and as soon as I saw it, I, I was like, oh, okay. Like Doctor Strange. 
I didn't pick up his uh, emblem was the Amlet. Oh, okay. I see. I didn't even pick up Silver Surfer. To me, it didn't look like a surfboard. What, do you look like a rocket or something? See, I didn't get a Silver Surfer. Have you seen Silver Surfer's dice? I didn't get one, no. You didn't? Uh-uh. I don't oh, think so. Anyway, to me, it doesn't really look like a... I guess it looks like the end of a surfboard. But anyway, so yes, I had a great time opening those uh, packs last night. Um, I, I think I I was late um, and we'll, and you were on and we got invited to um, do a... Um, uh, Google Play, and you can talk about that a little bit later during our outro. But I was sitting there listening to y'all talk and watching them play um, MDM as well, and I was just trying to get them in the spreadsheet so we could um, have something, you know, for the show, and so that we could just see how the distribution was. So I was sitting there; I wasn't even trying to figure it out or oh, anything okay. like that. So I was just like, "Hey, get it in the spreadsheet." So anyway, guys, sorry. So. We're looking forward to playing it, and I went and verified the um, file that WizKids had, and we'll put it in the show notes as well. Got to remember to put that link out there. But it is it is just the action cards and how to play. So you've got to go find some boosters, and in the Charlotte area, your local game stores, uh, uh, your local game store has had some boosters. Nope, Marty's shaking his head. So, I think no, I think uh, I think our stores around here are sold out, unless they just got some. Obviously, any is changes day to day. Well, I'm sure Timothy probably busted out his gravity feed and said, "Oh, I'm done." You know, easy dollar. So that's great for them. Um, so, but you you got to you got to have some boosters and set up a team. Go read the instructions. Watch. There's a ton of watch it played out there on how to learn the rules and all. And I've been watching a few and have been reading the rules. So I can't wait. And then Marty went out and found a coupon or, uh, um, Anthony, um, was it Anthony that sent you the thing? Yeah. I saw, um, Anthony from cardboard jungle post some, uh, coupon for a cow cow.com where you can print, uh, some custom mouse pads. And it was like, um, Oh, I forgot what the deal was. It was like four dollars for two dollars per mouse pad or something like. It was something sick. So on BGG they have the uh, the play mat file uh, image, a, a ping file PNG, and I got it and went to CowCow and had them put it on a a large mouse pad. And basically we got two of those mouse pads for four dollars, including shipping, and they're on the way. That's awesome. So uh, we appreciate that, Anthony. And I see, Marty, um, you've been busting up the Facebook page, um, busting me on Anthony. So, yeah, I'm going to send him the file tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, anyway, so Marvel Dice Masters. So um, so talking about the, the, the booster box. So we ran some – did you run the stats today? Yeah, I did. On how we, how we did? So we got no super rares. How do we do on the commons, uncommons, and rares? All right, so of the box, out of the you get two cards per pack, sixty packs in the gravity feed. Um, so a quick NC State math tells you that's one hundred and twenty cards. So of the one hundred and twenty cards, um, we got six uh, about sixty percent common. Sixty percent, okay. and of that, then we got eight percent were rare. Okay. Zero percent super rare. And then that, of course, leads you with 32% uncommon. Okay. Um, so those statistics pretty much line up with what people are posting for gravity feeds. Most people I saw, the number of uh, super rares was zero to one. And in rare, 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 rare instances, it was two. So we're right in line with everybody else. So it wasn't an odd box or anything. Oh, and that's good. And then uh, as far as the cards we got, 
Um, we need, uh, oh, I lost the number. I have to, I'll pull it up here. But we, oh, we got all the commons. All the mm-hmm. commons were good. And most of our commons we got two of. Okay. So that's, you know, one die for that common. Then if you go to the uncommon of that character, then you'll have a second die. And you can talk to about what you need in the dice and what you've read. So we've got that. And then some characters we got four of in the commons. Like I think I got Deadpool, Assassin, four of that. And well, that, that was so strange, Marty. I got four Deadpools and you got none. That was yep. just, that was hilarious. So, so uh, yeah, so how we do this, and, and Tony and I have done this since our uh, Lord of the Rings days back in the early 2000s, we'd buy a booster box, and, uh, booster box of cards, or in this case, packs, and we have a draft. Basically, we throw all the packs on the table, and we one at a time, we, we draft. Um, with the understanding that when we're done and we open, we do all the trading to try to make it as fair as possible. So... Tony pulled four Deadpools, but he'll give me. Well, you only need really one. Um, you know, he'll give one me one card. Yeah, yeah, one card. You need multiple dice, so we need to work out how to make sure the dice works out evenly. And I think there was something um, uh, Professor X or somebody I got a lot of that I don't have to give you some. But anyway, so Tony and I do all this trading to try to make it fair. So that's what we're we're talking about doing here. Now I, I will say Tony that uh, with the um, expansion with the Eldritch Horror that I ordered this week that I got, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I did order eight um, more boosters. So I got this you, tonight. Yeah, I know you did. Did you get your super rare with that? No, 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 no. I did get one rare. Uh, what was cool though is that you got a couple doubles of uncommons, and I had none. With these eight packs, I've now got doubles of uncommons, so I can trade you two uncommons and you trade me two, and that'll work out. Okay, well that'll that'll definitely work out. And I'm going through this, and what was just wild? I mean, you know, the uncommons it was kind of interesting. We didn't get Cyclops. If looks could kill, uh, Johnny Storm, Human Torch, Nightcrawler, and a Rogue. Um, we didn't get that one. And I'm just like, huh, that's interesting. So that's, that's just kind of neat. But, you know. Now, I will say uh, another negative that people have had on this is warped cards. And I actually posted a picture on Twitter last night of how my cards looked. Uh, 30 cards. Well, no, 60 cards and a couple stacks. And, and they are pretty warped. Now, behind me, I know you can't see, Tony. I have a brick sitting on my cards right now to flatten them out. And um, it's actually going pretty well. They're actually pretty flat. People had said if you put enough weight on them, they will uh, re- go, go back flat again. And it is working for me. The card quality is not that good. Um, I wish it had been a higher mill card stock. Mm-hmm. But I guess what, what can you expect for 99 cents? I was going to say you're paying for the dice. No, that's true. And the dice are nice. Uh, some of the people have talked about the dice like getting scratched up or the um, ink rubbing off a little bit. Some of mine were like that, but it's 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 no big deal. Um, they're, they're very nice, though. It's, it's amazing how they have all these different types of dice and colors that match the hero or the villain with the logos. They, they did a really good job on that. Yeah, so in episode 39, expect us to sit here and tell you about our experiences with uh, the dice master said, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this. And if you, as you guys know, we love to play the two player games and, and the battling. And that's just the thing we do in the building of decks. I'm looking forward to building the teams and seeing the synergies. And I know people have been talking about how some are already all overpowered, but you know, the metas will come out as, as it gets more and more available. The metas will come out. Right. 
Right. Uh, yeah. I think the big one was that came out early was the Gobby, the, which is the Green Lantern um, super rare. Future Marty here. Yes, I flubbed that up. That was supposed to be Green Goblin, not Green Lantern. I'm just a huge Green Lantern fan. So that was the first thing that came out of my mouth. You know, you know the oath in brightest day in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light just gives you chills up the spine. Well, that is unless Ryan Reynolds says it. A lot of people throw on that word broken, I think, a little too much. I don't think broken's the right term. Maybe it's strong. You have to come up with a way to play against it, but but that's kind of how it stands. So we are looking forward to playing. We should have, uh, both of us have been told that the, where we ordered our pre-order starter decks from may be shipped or coming soon. So we are uh, waiting on those. The um, again, what everybody has said is true. The the, the card stock is is okay. The dice are nice. I would, you know, it's almost. I, I wish they'd put a little bit thicker. Even if they could have put thicker cardboard in the booster packs to keep them from bending, they have a little piece of cardboard in there. But it it really didn't help that much. The art is phenomenal. Um, I really like the art on the cards. It's very typical comic book art. It's not weird or bizarre. It's it's straightforward art. I enjoy that. I like the layout of the cards. I love the fact the art goes to the edge of the cards, and there's no border on the cards. I like that. Unfortunately, we just can't talk about gameplay. And that's just because we we got in the um, final. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, lost my train of thought. And and that's mostly because we got the boosters. We hadn't opened them for our uh, show prep meeting. Okay, where we get to play games. And just didn't get a time to it. Now, I will say one thing, Marty. I want to give a quick shout out to Potomac Distribution out of Virginia. They, um, you know, I've been talking to them on their website. They're saying September 8th for their next order. Their person who sends them their files cannot commit to them on when they're getting their next shipment in. Mm -hmm. So he says, he, he was up front with me. He says, I got no idea when you're getting your starter. No idea. And so I said, okay, no problem. And, and prior to that, they did ship me the, um, gravity feed and said they would not charge me for the, um, starter when it came in, which was, which was awesome. I that is really cool. And uh, I think you said that when you pre-ordered, you didn't have to pay the full price, did you? No, I only had to pay, put up 10%, which is going to, and if we ever do any more like this, we order another gravity feed or we get, find another set of cards that we want, a uh, collectible game, which we probably, who knows what it would be. Um, they'll, they, they, they've always had our business. So they, they have, and as some people have, uh, like been kind of down on it. We hadn't ordered from Potomac in a while, but I've never had an issue with them. I love their policy of not paying a hundred percent for a pre-order. And the fact that they were, you know, basically going to ship two shipments to you for only one shipping cost is really cool. Some places, you know, have a policy and I've ordered from some online stores before. If all the pre-orders don't come in, forget it. They don't ship until everything comes in. Right. So in this situation, the gravity feed may be sitting there, but not the starter. They're not going to ship you the gravity feed. Yeah. And that was just, I was like, okay, great. Thanks guys. And then they also included, if you go to their Facebook page, they'll give you a free, free prize or prizes. They'll give you add-ins if you spend X amount of dollars or put in this coupon and Hey, they even sent that. So I was like, Oh, nice. Yeah. And you referenced uh, this earlier and you talked about talking about later. Might as well mention now. So last night we were just kind of goofing off and Glenn from Couple Versus Cardboard uh, direct messaged uh, me on Twitter uh, saying, hey, you know, we've got some people online going to play Dice Masters if you just want to 
get on and see how it uh, looks. And what they had was they were using a Google Hangout in order to to play. And I said, sure, I'll jump on. So he sent me an invite. And um, who he was playing with, he was playing with Rodney from Watch It Played. And uh, Matt was also there from Board Game Replay. And I guess they've been doing this for a while. They uh, they got the cards sitting on the table. They got the camera pointing down on the cards. And they're just actually playing across uh, Google Hangout, which is kind of slick. So I got to sit there and, and watch them play uh, probably the second half of a game. And this was a full 20 dice game, which is like used in the tournament. So I got to see a, a lot how that works. And, and Rodney is the, the guy who does the Watch It Play videos who's put out like four it's like four videos on on how this game works. So he's very experienced in the game. Uh, Glenn from Couples versus Cardboard hadn't played that much, so just Rodney had a lot more experience. So it was really interesting seeing somebody who's played a lot kind of explain the rules, and and that was really interesting. Of course, I was just kind of like, I wish I had something to play with, but whatever. Well, all, all we gotta do is print out those cards, and we can play. Just gotta set up, you know. We can go ahead and do it. So we're gonna do it. So I've got the cards printed out ready to go to work and we'll, we'll have some next, um, next week for our, our meeting. Yep. Yeah. So I do appreciate those guys, uh, asking us to sit in just so we can kind of see how that stuff goes. So that, that was fun. And then afterwards you played the game of ink and gold, which I've never played before. And that was actually a cute little game. Yeah. I was, I, I've heard of it and, but that was, that was neat. Uh, I'll tell you what, it beats resistance hands down. Well, it's it's not a resistance type. It's not a bluffing game. I don't it's care. It's still game. Be, I understand. I still beats resistance hands down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a nice little push your luck game. I, it came out in two thousand six. I've seen when it, when it came out. That that was fun. We uh, basically Rodney set it up on his table and was putting out the cards and um, and we we play with him doing it. So we didn't all need our own set or something like that. So anyway. Marvel Dice Masters, um, so many other shows, podcasts, video reviewers, bloggers are talking about the game. We haven't added really anything to the conversation. Uh, The hype is there. (laughs) And when do we? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Oh, one thing, one last thing I will say. One thing I do like is with collectible card games in the past, remember once it gets started, like they release one booster thing a quarter so the next booster release to this game is not until September. I hope that it's that infrequent. You know, I hope that it's not, you know, every quarter. So you can kind of ha- don't feel like there's always something new coming out. They are coming out with, I've heard, an Ugio. Was it Ugio? Mm, I think you're right. Yeah. And, and DC. I don't care anything about Ugio if that's the one that's coming out. DC is the one I want. And I'll be jonesing for that really bad because I'm a DC guy. So anyway. Uh, that's nice to know is I don't feel like I'm going to be sitting there going as soon as I have a nice little team built up that, Oh, they just released something new. So I hope the infrequent, I hope this infrequency of, of coming out with boosters stays uh, like it is and only maybe comes out once or twice. Well, maybe twice a year. So, yeah. And that way you can fulfill it with your net runner monthly buys. Yes. Which we did just get our honor and profit. Uh, actually I got it sitting over there on the table. I got to give it to you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to drive over to your house tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I'm going out for free comic book day. You going? I wouldn't know where to go. A comic book store. Once again, do they even exist here in Charlotte? I can name four. Wow, I'm not driving all the way north of the city to to go see comics. No, in in Matthews. Pennyworth. There's one in Matthews. Pennyworths, right down the road from the game store. 
There's okay for y'all on the podcast here. My face is like blank expression. I got anyway. Pennyworth, Pennyworth has been there forever. Uh, no, not getting in that vice. You're not taking me down that road. It's not a vice. It's free comics. We're just kind of going as a family. I'm going to walk stuff to in read. there and I will be sucked into Amazing Spider-Man no. again. Oh, you do? Oh, because they just released number one. They rebooted with Peter Parker being back. Yeah. Just came out. It just came out this week. Number one. Amazing Spider-Man number one. Well, if it's let... And, and Okay. Another tangent. So, what do comics cost nowadays? Uh, $2.99 to $3.99, depending on the title. Well, it's still less than a uh, Hallmark card, so that's worth something. <laughs> that's, that's right. I never, do you still buy cards? I never buy cards. I'm married. Oh, I'm married too. We don't buy cards. Oh, we buy cards. Oh, I can't. It doesn't make sense to spend four dollars on the card. Somebody's going to open and just take the money out and throw it away. I'm with you there. Take the money out. Do you still get money <laughs> with your card? Please. That's all my kids wants money. I know. That's why I say take the four or five dollars you're spending on that card and just give it to me. <laughs> I don't need a card. And I even lost my most valuable card was my daughter one where she gave me a card that regenerated every year that said she would go play disc golf with me five times a year um, and it would regenerate. And I have I held on to it for 10 years and now I can't find it. And I, oh, I think she took it and threw it away finally. She oh. got tired of it. So anyway. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and gather our thoughts for our next session. What do you think, Marty? Uh, yeah, my thoughts need to be gathered. Well, we appreciate it if you've tuned or stayed tuned in to us and you said Marvel Dice Masters, I'm tired of this. But if you hung in with us, thank you. We appreciate you coming back, joining us. And so we're going to bring a little education to the show. So Marty found this article. Was it over at Geek Dad, Marty? It was at Geek Dad, Yes. Okay. And he basically said that, go read this. So I went out, I read it, and it's talking about the interest versus depth of how deep you go into oh, depth, deep. Of course, that's, that's what you do. But just if you have many interests, you're not going to go very deep in a subject. If you just leverage one, then you're going to go really deep. And he did an excellent example that you've got to go when he talks about movies just and we'll put a link in the show notes about this but i found it really interesting marty that you know he has friends who may have a oh i don't know interest in movies Mm -hmm. all right so that's kind of neat so you've got an interest in movies oh but wait and and this is just like a subcategory but his other friend has an interest in sci-fi so if you were to put the two together, one would be very good in sci-fi. He's very interested in that. So his depth is going a little bit deeper in the movies. Oh, but wait, there is someone over there who can argue the whole Star Wars 1 through 6 and why did Lando Carissian not be cast in number 7. <laughs> he can go over there and say, hey, you know, they can argue the whole Star Wars. So you keep going. So if you can. But, so, so the other yeah. guy's a big Star Wars fan. Big Star Wars fan. So okay. there's the three levels. That just That's the highlight of the article where he's talking about, your, I've, I've got, I'm interested in movies. Hey, I'm interested in sci-fi movies. And boy, I'm a Star Wars fanatic. So those are what he's talking about. And then they relate it over toward board game and now i throw it over to you marty 
<laughs> okay. So yeah, what he's saying that it's inver- there's inverse relationship between the number of interests a person has and the depth of those interests. Um, so like you said, I ha- I'm interested in all movies. Well, you can't know a lot about all movies as, as and you're not going to know as much maybe about Star Wars as the guy who's only interested in Star Wars. And the only reason why I want to talk about this is because I have kind of touched on this before, and this article is just very well laid it out. I have found out for me, I am not a depth of interest person. There is a uh, reason why I am not the best at a particular game because that is not what I'm only interested in. And a prime example of this is, I guess, I don't know, when did we first try a war machine? Was it three or four years ago? Uh, not, let's see, we, it was right before Origins, so about two and a half. No, it was, no, it, was it was during, okay, I'll say three years this summer. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. So, so, so anyway, um, it doesn't matter. The uh, I was like, "Ooh, let's let's do miniatures." I thought that would be fun to do. We're doing all these other games. Let's try miniatures. So we got into miniatures and we painted, and we started playing and we started going to little local tournaments. And over time, I found out I was getting my butt kicked. I, I was like, "Oh well," I I tried to read up on how these work, and and I was just getting absolutely destroyed. And I started talking to all these other gamers who are, are miniature war gamers who are really good. And basically, War Machine was the only thing they did. That was their area of expertise, and that's where they spent all their time. I was finding I was just being overwhelmed with the number of models coming out, the number of strategies that, that were changing. And the problem with the whole modeling thing is it's not like you can buy a model and put it on the table. You got to go through and put it together and, and and paint it and whatnot. And I started realizing, wow, um, I see that I don't want to be a guy that just plays one game. And then what I'm doing is basically sacrificing the depth of knowledge I'm going to have on something because I'm kind of spreading myself thin, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And I know that people say, well, don't you play Netrunner? Isn't the same deal? Sure, it is. There are people who are really focused on Netrunner that are a lot better than I am. However, with Netrunner, I can get strategies and something to the table quicker than I could with War Machine. It was easier for me to grasp uh, some of the, the, the knowledge needed to play faster than War Machine. And maybe that's just the way my mind thinks or whatever. So, no, you're absolutely right. But that's the reason I will never go to a national championship for Netrunner because that's not my only thing I play. You see this, I think, a lot in also CCGs, uh, Magic. There are a lot of people who only play Magic and they're they're very good at Magic. Now, it seems for us, Tony, that a lot of the friends that we have love to play a lot of different games. And that's because we have friends that like every week say, hey, I just bought a new game. And just, we're constantly learning how to play new games. And we never get really good at one. Now, we do know of some people who like really like to focus on, on one game. There's a friend of ours who is a big Agricola fan. And the guy knows everything about Agricola. He will play constantly, all the time with anybody. And he smokes most people he plays. Because that's where his area of interest is. And thus, he has the, the highest depth of knowledge. So, it's almost like a self-realization. I realize it's like, you know, I'm pretty much just going to suck at everything. No, you're not going to suck at everything. You'll just be good at sucking at a whole bunch of th- stuff. Okay, <laughs> I mean, let's, and I completely agree with you. I mean, 
we're we're like the the movie Up. Where's the dog squirrel? Okay, there's something shiny. Squirrel. What? Yeah. Where? Where? Exactly. Get your get your puppy uh, Zeke out here. Squirrel. Where? And it'd be like new dice game. What? Oh look. <laughs> look. Oh look. There's a new board game coming out by Z-Man. Where? Where? Yeah. <laughs> look. Pretty pictures. Where? Where? Would you would you look at those miniatures? Where? You know. No, you're right. And and I've always been that way. And you know I have because you you tell me it's like, dude, you're sucking me down into something else because I am all over the place. But but we enjoy that. We we're looking. It's not that. I mean, yeah, we could for board gaming. I think for for us is we're not out to participate in a board gaming championship. You know, Origins. We saw where they were setting up. Ticket to Ride Championships and, you mm-hmm. know, the Settlers the Settlers Championship. And and our game store here, your local, local game store in Matthews, is setting up a Tammany Hall Championship. $15 right. entry fee and you'll walk away with the game. I'm like, I might as well just spend $15 on Marvel Dice Master Boosters. So, right. And, you know, we do the same thing with Netrunner. Uh, we, we play a little local tournament here and we'll go in there and we drop $10. I'm assuming... I'm not going to walk away with $10 worth of prizes. And I know that's self-defeatist. And, Marty, and people say, well, Marty, you'll never win with that attitude. It's not that. It's just that I know there are other people here that play that game that focus on that game more than I do. And it's just, okay, they do that. If I focused only on, let's just, for example, Netrunner, I would be a lot better than what I am now. Well, and I think you would also spend a lot, if you spend a lot more time doing that, just like if any game, any, any of our listeners out there, you may, you know, I'll choose a game that you really, really enjoy. And, but, you know, to me, if you come to my table and you say, hey, let's play Settlers again, and you've waxed me four out of five times, I'll be darned if I'm going to play with you. You know, <laughs> it's just no fun. And I mean, it's just one of those things, but. And I think that's really where it comes down to. You and I will we're we're good at Netrunner. We love playing Netrunner. We go out and read the the stuff. But you're right. We don't get on every night or every other night and doing what some of those people play. What is that Octagon? It's not Octagon. Uh, yes, where they get online with others and play and 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 play test decks constantly and reading articles and correct. Yeah, yeah. That's just not our style. So back back to the article. Interest in depth. It's. You just got to figure out where you fit in the, the chart, the inverse proportion, the, uh, it, um, and, and decide what, what type of gamer you are. I know for a fact I am definitely many interest squirrel. <laughs> um, you know, and that's where I'm going to be because I do. I love the shiny new objects. I mean, okay, for instance, it's not like I'm going to get to all the games in my cabinet, even though I promised myself I would this year. It's already May, and I'm, I haven't done it. And and what did I go do, Marty? I have bought, in April, I bought four games. Yeah, yeah. And plus a Netrunner expansion pack, plus, oh, I didn't count, Marvel Dice Masters. And you and you want me to go out to free comic book day? No, I can't. I know. No, no. It's free, okay. but it's free. But there's nothing out there I want to read about. Okay, okay. No, you, even you're even right. Exo Men of War isn't the Exo Men of War I grew up with. It's actually better. Uh, Travis reads it. Really? It's that's better. his. That's his main jam. Oh, I love that from Valiant, and I, and we'll talk about this in the outro. 
So yeah, I, I just think it's really interesting, and I think as as all gamers, I think you have to kind of decide and and realize that if there is somebody out there, like you said, who constantly beats you at a particular game, check and see if that's kind of the game that they like to play a lot. And it makes sense, right? If I'm going to go out and play basketball with somebody who goes out and, and shoots hoops every day, and I only go out once a month, of course they're going to do better than me. It's just, and I know this is common sense. I know everybody's like, Marty, this is common sense. Why are you even talking about this? I think just because this article that we, go check our blog. We have it posted out there. I think he just did a really good job of kind of laying it out, drawing a graph out there, and just showing whether with games or anything, it's just that there is that uh, inverse proportionate line there that uh, kind of is kind of the way with, with everything. Yeah, I agree with you. So, Guys, go out there or ask yourself, and I'll put a, um, a BGG. This this could be you know a, a, something to talk about on our board game guild. What type of gamer are you? Are you the shiny new crow type gamer, or are you the one who concentrates? And which one do you want to be? And and shoot, tell us if it's also the same way with movies, books, or whatever. Let us know. <laughs> And now it's one of our more pop, not more popular. Hey, it's one of the segments that I really like. <laughs> yeah, it's one of our favorites, whether y'all enjoy it or not. You get to listen to it. <laughs> At the table where we go out and we ask questions, not only to the people on our, our listeners on the uh, Guild page on BGG, but we also, every once in a while, if Marty can get the uh, microphone working correctly, go out to our game club and ask the same question. So, what was this month's question, which was actually March's question that we were supposed to cover in April, but we're actually doing in May. But hey, you know, so we didn't stick to the schedule. So here was our question. And this kind of came from the fact that we're doing those uh, public service announcements every so often for the board game breakfast. Uh, this where we're trying to like talk about gamer etiquette. So we just thought we would come up with a question for ideas for our video segment. Ha ha. Uh, we're cheating. Yeah. Um, the question is this month. What is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to gaming? So, on International Tabletop Day, uh, Tony took the uh, the recorder around, and there was a lot of people there that day, and we got a lot of people uh, mentioning what their what their pet peeves were. So, let's go what the, see what they said at our local uh, game club on uh, International Tabletop Day again. The question was, what is your biggest pet peeve? When somebody at the end of a game says they don't like the game purely because they lost it. <laughs> Analysis paralysis. If we're all eating while playing the game and people are chewing with their mouths open. People sitting around the table not playing the game but talking to people who are playing the game. When people aren't paying attention to the game. Pet peeves. Not paying attention when the rules are being explained. I keep my beer on the floor. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got two pet peeves. One is bending cards, and two is sticky fingers on the games. I hate it when people vomit on my board game. <laughs> okay, now, before we go any further, there are three things I want to say right here. Number one, Tony, you need to do this recording every single time because that was really good, and you actually got everything, and you actually remembered to hit the record button. Hey, that you know, you, you taught me well, man. Which I obviously cannot do. Uh, number two, the person who said that little crack about you know, you know, I make sure to keep my beer on the floor. 
I think that was referenced to me in spilling my drinks at the, at the game club. I don't appreciate that. You know, I mean, I, it's not like I purposely try to spill drinks. I, even when I've actually put a drink on the floor, I've actually spilled on the floor, too. So I assume that was a little dig at me. But, hey, I'm big enough. I can take it. And the third, the gentleman who the last comment about his biggest pet peeve is when people throw up on his board games. That was not a joke. That actually happened to him, and actually, we'd actually talked about this anecdote, I guess, sometime last year, uh, where at a, at a game club event, there was a lady who was sick and uh, couldn't hold it in and regurgitated on top of the board game, and this gentleman's like, you know, I just don't appreciate when people do that, and that could be a pretty big pet peeve. Yeah, and it was all tongue-in-cheek when he did that. So it was. It was, was a funny. joke, but... Everybody got a everybody got a kick out of it. That's where all the laughter came from because everybody re- remembers that story. But the thing is, was that wasn't a cheap game. That wasn't like a copy of uh, Love Letter or something like that. I mean, I think it was a pretty big board game. I can't remember which one it was, but I thought it was a I thought it was AG's Trains. Uh, I don't. I think it was like Dominare or something. I think it was something ooh, big. Ooh. Okay. Anyway, all right. So yeah, appreciate everybody who did that at the the International Tabletop Day for us and. I'm just glad I did remember to hit record. And, and I didn't realize how hard it would be to get people to do that. I mean, I, I now have a new respect for you get, asking that question at the board game uh, get-togethers that we have at Queen City um, Game Club that, hey, you know, you got to pull it out of people. And it, was, right. it was amazing. So anyway, but let's go, let's go to the Board Game Guild for our, our readers' responses. And I'll start it off. Tim says, you know, he his biggest pet peeve are for people who disregard other people's games, i.e., bending the cards so that they are curved. They put that death grip on it, you know, and and, and you just can't pull it out of their hands. So especially if they don't have those good sleep protectors, you got that moisture, you know, they got that going on. Um, and then he's got one on a on our next player service award uh, player service award player service announcements that's coming up. People that don't help put the game away, we're right there with you, Tim. We got a whole video on that one, buddy. Who else we got, Marty? Brad says uh, mine would have to be that guy that actually does help put a game away by actually tossing everything into the box without putting it into its correct place. It's like Again? they're reading our minds, dude. <laughs> Again, if it comes out, it may already be out. Keep an eye out for our next PSA because we cover exactly that. Oh man, yes, that was oh that was so awesome to do that. I'm so, anyway, you'll you'll get the punchline at the end, guys. Um, we hope you get the punchline at the end. Uh, Remy, our buddy that's got the Fraggle Rock uh, icon, I still love that Remy. Um, there. Uh, it's along the lines of cell phones, but I can't stand um, iPads and tablets at the table, of, unless you're looking up an FAQ. I mean, we got to do that. Um, he has one friend who knits, be- knits between turns. I love that, Marty. <laughs> I absolutely. And you know what's so sad? When I was down in Florida on vacation and I took Ticket to Ride um, down uh-huh. there with and my mother off, she was doing that. Really? Knitting in between the turns? Yeah. Wow. I was like, this is Ticket to Ride. There should be not that long on AP. And we'll talk about that at my Ticket to Ride with my in-laws. That they, were, they did a good job. Fine, whatever. At least you can still participate in conversation and see what's going on in the game. Her husband has to watch vids or do whatever surfing when it's not his turn. And Everly, every time it's his turn, we're looking at him going, hey, hey, dude, it's your turn. Hey, wasn't that sort of like the little game that we just did? Um, 
or our, our player service announcement um, with Adam. Yeah, uh, yeah when he was like mm-hmm. texting. Yeah. yeah. And attention. my other pet peeves are constantly questioning the rules. Uh, hey, there's my wife. Um, you know, are you sure you're right? Yes, I'm sure. Can I see the rules? Remy, do you like live in my house, dude? That's exactly what she does. Oh, and the sigh? Yeah, that is all me. <sighs> Here's the rule book. All right, who's next? Chris Gaston says that uh, people that get overly upset during a game when it's not going their way, especially when they know the game they are choosing to play, has a lot of player interaction and got you mechanics in the game. Now, I feel, I feel the, the pain of that person because... That's why I avoid games with got you mechanics because I just it just I just don't have as much fun with those. So anyway, yes, I totally get those. Um, the people who get upset about the fact that there's a lot of player action and kind of a stab your back. But you know what? When you sit down to play a game, if you know that's what kind of game it is, and you sit down and play it, then expect it. You know, yeah. if you didn't know what kind of game it was, okay, I can understand that, but don't get upset because it's going to happen, and you'll probably do it to somebody else. Phil um, says, yeah, that cell phone iPad thing just gets on his nerves. But he also, and we talked about this, another one that bothers him is when, when you're teaching a new player um, so he can um, join the game and then the other players carry on loud sidebars, going on and talking and while you're trying to teach, that just uh, gets to him. And then, and, and, or if you're going to sit there at the table, you can carry on. Try, be helpful. I think we have that in our um, PSA as well. Um, help, you know, or keep your, your talk at a low level or get up, take a two-player game, pick up your Android Netrunner decks and go over and play another while he's teaching if you know the game that well, okay? <laughs> Peter says, uh, anyone else ever tried to play a game with a child and have to wait while they dance around the table between turns before they finally, finally come back uh, for theirs? Uh, yeah, so all of us who are parents have had to try to deal gaming with children. And it's one of those things that if you sit down with somebody who has a child around, just expect there's going to be a lot of downtime as you have to put up with, I got to go to the potty. I want something to eat. Oops. I just dumped the whole game on the floor. My bad sort of deal. Hey, it just goes along with having kids. Yeah. Well, or when you play with people our age, you got to go potty, got to get something to drink. Anyway, all right, so Bryant, um, he's he's like, okay, it may be inconvenient, but he's you know he's protective, and I understand this. He doesn't want food or drinks around his game. I can understand that. This one's kind of unique, Marty. I had never thought of this, and I do this to you with a netrunner where he, he doesn't like people who hold their cards under the table. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And hadn't I thought wonder if he's that. had a lot of bad experience with uh, poker players or something. Or cheaters, yeah. Yeah. Cheaters, yeah. Uh, actually, I've never thought about that. I've, if somebody was to do that, I don't even know if I'd pick up on it. I guess I'm just too trusting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm too busy on my iPad. Glenn B says, I don't like people to second guess someone's move immediately after they make the, after they make the move. Often I think it's quite rude. If it's someone's first play of a game and they appear to be having trouble making a move, offering help is fine, but don't call them out on a move immediately after they make it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. I, these are really good ones. Stuff that I hadn't really thought about that you could see as you're playing the game would just kind of really irritate you. Yeah. Um, we're going quickly. I'm going to do two, Marty. Just uh, Doug talks about the cell phone and texting uh, while he's doing rules. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris is, oh, this, I'm going to have to read this one, Marty. It is so good. Okay. All right. So I'm going to try to get on my, my good reading voice here. So Chris uh, writes in. Generally, poor food manners at the table. 
I get a beverage in a container that seals, <coughs> Marty, and something like pretzels, okay? He, he, he gets a sippy cup. All right. You, uh, yes, people have said they're going to give me a sippy cup. There, there was actually a Kickstarter I almost bought for you. I'll send you a link later where you have a syllable nipple over the cup. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> okay. but, but there's one guy who eats at the table when we play, and it looks like a floor around a bird cage. No lie. And a big bird at that. Probably a big yellow bird. Greasy hands touching bits from burgers, fries, oh. chips are just plain bad form. The most courteous guy in our group will even eat potato chips <laughs> with a fork to help out. That's pretty cool. Thumbs up on all the cell phone stuff that you guys got going on here. Players who find things they do rather than help pick up is another good one. The worst, I will also add, in the people who poo-poo every game you suggest when asking what you want to play but will not put anything in play, and they will not... Um, that will not fit the current player count. They are all here to play. Pick a game and go. All right. Taking back your move. Wow. I guess I'm just an angry game. No, Chris, you're a realist. That's what I'm liking here, buddy. Steve says, people who spill their drinks all over the game and Another gamers. shot at you. Hey. It needs to be gamer sippy cups. Okay, I get it. I'm a bad person. Actually, bad sportsmanship while playing irritates me. It's a freaking game, not the end of the world when you lose. Ah, that's true. That's, that could just totally ruin the whole game experience. Sticky fingers and bending cards are also two of my pet peeves. I hate it when people play after eating something sticky and good up my card and good up my cards are playing pieces. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, mess up with cards. From the miniature realm, when you're in the middle of the game and someone comes up and picks up one of your painted models without asking, which is it's funny, Tony, we actually made a list of PSAs to do. We actually put that one on the list. Uh, there you go. Uh, one of it, it moves up from where it used to be, and two, I don't want your grubby hands on my minis. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. Oh, moving right along, Rob G over here. Um, talking over the rules, he hates that. Um, and then he also, he's not a big fan. He doesn't mind the texting all. It's the, huh, what just happened? What, what did y'all do? He, he, he doesn't like that. Hard to explain this one. Actually, Rob, I think you did a great job explaining this one. It's people who try to break the rules, not so much for cheating, but they kind of throw the rules lawyer on you where they say, hey, it doesn't say you can't do that in the rules when the rules clearly the intent is there, you know? It, mm -hmm. it brings the game down a lot. And then slow play, not so much about AP going back to, um, you know, um, someone sitting there not paying attention. And his biggest pet peeve is that I let things get to me in gaming. I understand, man. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Jonesy, DM Jones says, uh, uh, he agrees with the whole thing with the cell phone and tablet during um, game. Uh, he also agrees with the interrupting rules explanation. But he says his biggest pet peeve is when a player ceases to play with self-interest. This drives me crazy and is probably the thing I have the least tolerance for. For It really spoils the game for the other players. If you sit down to start a game with others, you should have the courtesy not only to finish it, but also try to be somewhat competitive. Failing to play with self-interest usually messes up the game balance, so though it may seem like a personal decision, it really affects all players in the game. And this is closely followed by the gotta-run gamer. 
that starts a game but then leaves halfway through. Of course, something comes up that you know you have to do it. But if somebody makes a habit of it, you know, forget it. Yeah. That's that's a good one uh, about the whole th- the self interest thing. I never thought of that one before. Michael comes back to us and says um, he doesn't think he can easily just focus on one. Um, <laughs> the threads already got him riled up. Hey, we achieved something there. I like that. I'll stick to the one that I have planned to post before reading this, even though others have said that similar. I am nearly always the game teacher, and just people shut up. That's it. Stop talking. Chit-chat's fine, but I'm the teacher. Let me teach it. I hear him. Um, bring up any topic, and they can't. And then um, these people remind me of a six-year-old daughter and her cousin. Bring up any topic, and they can't wait to butt in. They know all about the game. They're going to help you with the rules, the game. But Inski seem to be cut from the same cloth, anxious to break in and show what they know, something clever about the game, regardless of whether their factoid will make any sense to anybody who knows anything about the rules yet. They just want to get their two cents in. Hey, I'm with you, Michael. And lastly, Phil says, it is especially annoying when players repeatedly try to retract moves and do something else. Or they announce that five minutes to go, they forgot to take their two-point bonus for building a dwelling or something like that. Or forgot to grab an extra resource and they were supposed to get it. And now they want to take it. Um, I must say, I've probably been guilty of that. Really? Um, I, I try not to, but I think with really friendly gamers who just kind of playing around... If you know it's like oh you forgot to I mean you and I Tony have done that just playing Netrunner you'll I mean you'll say by the way you forgot to get a you know a credit last turn or something like that if if I try not to do it in situations like when me and you are doing something like that because number one I almost try to get ready prepared for more competitive play which you can't do that on but no I I can totally see where that would just which irritate somebody it's like hey you screwed up you know. You should have gotten your, your bonus stuff when you had the opportunity. Yeah. So, Marty, what is your biggest pet peeve? It's nothing that, that somebody hasn't already said, but I really think the, the being distracted during the game, uh, doing something else, talking to other people, the sidebar conversations, and not paying attention to the game, I think is what really annoys me. Because what it does, it makes the game drag on longer than what it needs to. You're obviously not very interested in the game. And just it, for me, it just ruins the whole experience. So what about you? What's your biggest pet peeve? It's got to be the one that, that I think it was Phil that record said about, no, Remy, about here's the rule book, you know, give me the rule book. I want to read the rules. You're telling me wrong. I don't believe you. That, that whole, anybody who wants, I understand. I, I'm not the best teacher, but don't sit there and grab the rule book and start reading while we're playing, you know, just... Just take the game and keep the flow going. That that's probably my biggest pet peeve, you know. Yep. And then of course the other day, I'm going to go ahead and do this, Marty. The other day, and you know where I'm going. It has to be breastfeeding when people are playing games near you. <laughs> that was classic. Yeah, I mean, I will. I mean, the person was very discreet. She was very tactful. Very tactful. Very, very, very tactful. I mean, it's it's no big deal. You know, my my wife did it, so. Yeah, I can't say anything. Uh, it was just funny, guys. I, I'm sorry. We were playing our Netrunner game, and, and I'm sitting over there, and the, she was eating lunch, and so was her baby. And, you know, you just it was just, it was just funny. Uh, I said that. But I, I, think what, I think what was so funny is, like, we were, like, the only ones over there. Yes. It, it, it's like instead of going to another area where there was, like, nobody, it was, like, right there where we were. <laughs> so. so, actually, it was no big deal. I just had to say it because it was just funny to me. I'm sitting there going, hey. 
I'm into Bojangles and, you know, okay. Works for me. Yeah. yeah. Now you're going to have all the ladies upset at us. No, great, thanks. No, it was fine. I had no problem with it. It was just funny. I, like you said, we were the ones sitting in that corner. Why did they have to come and sit over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor. She did a great job. What's the, um, I guess the next question is uh, your biggest regret? Your, your uh, buyer's remorse? Uh, yeah, buyer's remorse. That's going to be posted out there for some month to respond to. For probably it'll be for the June response. Is um, so the next at the table question is, what has been your biggest buyer's remorse? And I went looking back, and I don't think we've asked it this way, but more or less, it's just you bought it. it it's you know, and you you should never have bought that game. You you were you you had way too much built up for it and now oh daggum why'd i buy that game right yeah that'd be a good one um i know what's going to probably be on my list but you know i think i've said it before but anyway so be looking for that thread out on bgg we've actually already talked to the game club about this we did that on international tabletop day too and uh, tony already did a good job of that so be looking for that and you'll hear from that uh, probably coming up in june So, wow, Marty, we're already at the hour mark. Marvel Dice Masters took a little bit longer than I thought it would. So um, we're going to have to keep this one short on the outro. So two things from me, and then I'll kick it over to you. I said, all right, be ready, okay? I'll be ready. All right, so here we go. First off, like I said, um, I got to play Ticket to Ride with my in-laws down in Florida. I carried it down there. My mother-in-law, she really enjoys it. That is the most I've played Ticket to Ride in a long time. And there was a strategy that I wanted to try that I had read about. Someone posted, and it was um, the how that they just bought the longest routes to try to win and completed their initial two tickets. And you and I have talked about various strategies. I tried that. Didn't work well for me. But anyway, she really enjoys that game. Ticket to Ride, still a classic. And I know that you and I um, will, are looking at possibly playing that in the future because of something that's coming up. But anyway, I, I, I really enjoyed playing that game. It's a great game. Um, so I guess, where am I going with this? I can't wait to play it against you. Okay. Second thing, ticket to ride. Ticket to ride. Can't wait to play against you. Ticket to ride. Because because what that's become your game of interest now, and that's where your depth of knowledge is. is that what you're saying? No, I just want to you know take you on because you and I've never played ticket to ride against each other. Really? Nope, never have. We've never played oh. ticket to ride. So I'm look forward to that. Second thing is our uh, buddy Rob uh, Robert Searing, who um, does some work over at the Dice Terry, manages all the websites and all. Um, Pay attention. I'm hoping in the next show or the one after that, you know, he's the guy who does those inserts for your games to, you know, help hold your components. Does a really, really nice job. And he has a website. We've mentioned this before. He is going to do something for the rolling dice and taking name listeners out there that I hope I'll be able to announce in the upcoming episodes. So stay tuned for that. So he's, he's throwing something together for us. So guys, um, be on the lookout for a special promotion from Rob Searing and where he does the, um, various inserts into the games and i'll be sure to post a link to his site again on our um show notes out there or on our blog how about you marty what about uh, him doing something special for the rdt and hosts uh he does 
<laughs> That's right. He did. He did, didn't he? I forgot, uh, Eldritch Horror. Yeah, look in your okay. Eldritch Horror box. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Ooh, which we get to play next week with the expansion. Ta-da! Mm. I'm excited about that. There you go. Okay. So, uh, there got two things. One is uh, thanks for all those who chatted and, and played the uh, Dice Tower Network Game of the Month game in April, which was Settlers of Catan. The Game of the Month for May is going to be the Dungeons and Dragons Adventure System board game from Wizards of the Coast. There are three of those games. There's the Dungeons and Dragons Castle Ravenloft, Wrath of... I really should have looked at this name before I tried to pronounce it. Ashardalian? Ashardalian? Sure. And the, and the Legend of Drizzt. Drizzt. <laughs> the Legend of Drizzt. So those are the three games... Um, uh, uh, dungeon crawlers. Uh, they, uh, I bought this game. Gosh, when, when Ravenloft first came out, I, I bought it and it was kind of the game that, uh, really got my wife into gaming. So I can't wait to uh, play it again. Uh, and we're going to, uh, I haven't played it in a while. So I'm looking forward to get that to the table. So again, uh, if you want to, uh, get that ready to play in May, um, we have a geek list that's being created for every game that we're going to play. If you want to go in there and chit chat and I also created a, a thread on the dice tower network BGG page. The other thing I want to mention is as of today, we mentioned this last time is the, uh, the Indiegogo campaign that Will Wheaton is running for tabletop season three. It has successfully funded, but today they hit their $1 million pledge goal, which means that we will get, the tabletop RPG show, which I am really excited about because if Will can get some really entertaining, fun guys to play an RPG and, and you know, the great production values they, they put into their shows, I think that could be a lot of fun to watch and really funny. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, look forward to the next season. Congratulations to Wheaton on pulling this off. That's great. He really does advance the um, hobby that we're all interested in. And, and so hopefully, you know, he'll keep uh, new as they get to the near. I mean, any other, do you have any other Kickstarter news? Well, uh, I was going to say, um, so yeah, it's going to be 20 episodes. And I was just going to ask, as far as the RPG show, have you ever watched any of Penny Arcade's RPG sessions that they do at PAX? No. With Will Wheaton and the guy that, uh, uh, Scott, I can't think of his name. He's a, he's a, a cartoonist. They are hilarious. Okay. And that's what I picture it's going to be. It's just really a good cast member just, just, just playing around and having a good time with the RPG. Mm, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, you say Kickstarter news? I don't have any Kickstarter news. I don't have any Kickstarter news. They can go listen to that on Dice Tower Network and all the other shows that carry that. <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter just gets me in trouble, man. So Yeah, well, I mean, it's always, you know, we're not looking um, so much. I mean, there's a ton of great games. I know there's a guy who's posted on there. Chibi Dodds posted a Kickstarter out there um, for his game. Uh, pull, is that pull? pull? Yeah, I've got, I've done the PMP. Mm-hmm. It's a cute game. Um, I need to get some more play time into it, but, um, no, nothing real. No accessories have grabbed me. My my gentleman over there with the double six D six dice thing finally posted an update. He's he's still saying the backer kit's coming. Um, he's he's not going to do anything until he gets all the production and all the numbers in and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, whatever. 
I actually got an update uh, today from the um, Arkham Horror dice guy. He's got the um, two of the color dice done. The other's supposed to be done next week, and he'll be shipping within a week. So I'll be getting those pretty soon oh, too. So I'm really that's awesome. pumped about that. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. and of course our buddy Robert Burke is you know Draco. He's given us a lot of good updates. They've come a long way. We should have that here. You know, hopefully well well before Gen Con. Who knows? Uh, but that's I'm looking forward to that. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, um, wow, I was I was kind of worried that we weren't going to be able to get a full show together this fast because of kind of some things that we had to change. But hey, you know, it's one of those things once you start talking about something that you're really passionate about, it just kind of keeps going. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening. And as always, keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at RollDiceTakeNames.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dice and Names. Email us at RollDiceTakeNames at gmail.com. Or subscribe to our guild on the Board Game Geek. And if you happen to have any idea where we can get our hands on some Marvel Dice Master Starter sets, let us know that too. So Marty, what would be your wife Vanessa's? biggest pet peeve actually it's it's a pretty generic one it's um analysis paralysis she doesn't really like when people sit there and take forever it kind of makes the game drag on four what about uh, your wife donna's love her to death for this one she she nailed me with this one it was great she looked dead at me and she goes you when we're playing a game and you say oh wait you didn't i didn't tell you this rule i forgot this rule (laughs) Well, to me, that just guarantees a win for you. That's that's just strategy. Uh, yeah, I know. But that was it. I'm her biggest pet peeve. <laughs>